Before I begin, I'd like to offer some words of gratitude and honor. For all the genderqueer people who have liberated my heart to love and taught me what grace means in ways far beyond my earlier comprehension, I give thanks. For all those brave people who have chosen to live in this world precisely as who they are, regardless of other people's names for them or at them, for the love and the strength of love that you have revealed incarnate in this world, because in you and through you I have come to know Christ anew. I thank you. And for all of you who open your hearts in love and recognize the enduring truth of the gospel that we are each and every one of us God's children and that this truth is sometimes paid for with the whole of our lives. I thank you for the privilege to stand here today in grace and in Christ's name. Amen. And so we have this letter to the Galatians. Paul's writing a letter to these people with whom he had spent some time sharing the gospel. He writes them and he says, hello, it's me, Paul, remember me? You know, I'm the one that was sent not by any other person, but by God alone. How are you doing? I hope you're doing well, remembering the grace which saves us not only from sin, but from the evils of the world. Yet I must confess I'm a little concerned. I hear, in fact, things that astonish me. I've heard, for instance, that you are abandoning the gospel that we share for some other gospel. In short, dear Galatians, have you lost your ever-loving minds? Really, that's what the scripture says. Read it. Just kidding. Read it anyway. But it is basically what he starts out saying. He says, how did you receive the blessing you received? Just asking. How did you receive it? Did you receive it in the spirit? Or somehow did it land in your genitalia? All right, I apologize just a little bit if you're feeling a little shocked or offended, but the scripture started it. Because that's what the letter is about. You can really read it and you will see it. The letter is about circumcision. It's about some people in Galatia who have decided that they are going to adopt some rules and regulations that were not applied to them as people who were not of the Jewish faith, but they were a little worried that maybe this grace thing 
This God loves you unconditionally through Jesus Christ thing might not be a sure bet. So just in case, they started to say, you know, since you might not be quite as worthy as the Jewish people for this grace thing, because Jesus was a Jew, and most of those disciples, they were Jewish, so the Jews kind of have an in on this thing. And since you are Galatians, descended of barbarians, intermixed with all manner of ethnic groups and peoples, therefore you are really, really far from the people who have, up until now, been designated the chosen ones. You might just want to take out some grace insurance. And that, my friends, means you need to deal with your genitals. You see, the law up until this time has been, if you want to believe that God has chosen you, that God's unconditional love is for you, that God's covenant means you, there's some stuff you need to take care of down there. You see, it's really important that the covenant is kept. And the covenant was started, if you recall, in Genesis with Abraham. And the mark of that covenant was, well, messing with your genitals. Somehow, that has the meaning in our faith history that draws the line in the sand between the people who are worthy and those who are not. So for those of you that might feel a little sketchy and on the edges, what the heck? Why don't you just take care of some minding your business there and follow some of those old rules just in case. So that way you can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're worthy Really, 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 you're worthy. You've gone above and beyond. You've done everything you can to prove your worthiness for grace. To which Paul is saying, I repeat, have you lost your ever-loving mind? Do you not understand the point of grace? <laughs> Did you not understand the gospel and how it frees us precisely because grace is given freely and without condition through Christ? This portion that we get to this letter, he's saying to them, yes, before you used to be locked up with this stuff. Yeah, these rules, they were in place for a long, long time and they imprisoned us and restricted us and we lived that way because we did not know the truth of God's grace. But now we do. What the heck are you doing throwing that away? You see, the issue in Paul's time was the worthiness to be called a child of God somehow rested in your body and what other people saw or decided or understood about it. 
wait, oh yeah, that's not just Paul's time. Oh yes, that, that could actually be our time. Let me share with you an excerpt from The Last Time I Wore a Dress. It's a book by Daphne Skalinski. In this book, she writes about his account of being imprisoned at age 15 in a sanitarium asylum that he could not leave because she would not participate appropriately in her assigned gender behaviors. Yes, she was locked up for three years. Is this unusual? Not at all. Did this take place in all of our lifetimes? Yes, except for these two handsome people right here. Daphne writes about the morning check when a friend comes in to apply the required makeup. I really like my eyeliner, I said. Ever lied to save yourself? I love looking pretty. Ever been so false your own skin is your enemy? The staff was under orders to scrutinize my femininity, the way I walked, the way I sat with my ankle on my knee, the clothes I wore, the way I kept my hair. Trivial matters, one might say, but trivial matters in which the soul reveals itself. No, really, try changing these things. You, try it. Wear an outfit that is utterly foreign. You, wear a narrow skirt for a day when what you prefer is a loose shift of a dress. You, put on some torn up black jeans when you are a pinstriped wool trousers kind of person. See how far you can contradict your own nature. Feel how your soul rebels. Legislating our bodies and the gender that is assigned to them has a very long history. And using this legislation to determine who is and who is not worthy of God's beloved grace is ancient. And Paul's letter to the Galatians is relevant today as it challenges us to understand that these imposed regulatory measures which mark us worthy and unworthy on the basis of our flesh are prisons that God's grace is calling us to escape. Can we hear it? Paul is writing and saying, who you are is a child of God, period. Who you are is a child of God. And any other name that is ascribed to you 
by the society in which you live, the community where you make your home, the family into which you were born, the religious authorities who are surrounding you, the political authorities who are regulating any other name, Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, none of those describe truthfully who you are. These, Paul writes, are designations of the world. Have you or have you not been born again into grace? Paul himself struggled with the revelation that was entrusted to him. We know this, don't we? These wonderful words that we cherish and celebrate and lift up, for in God there is no division in these ways. You are all one in Christ. These words that we hold so dear, we know Paul struggled with. His words of encouragement that the body that he was addressing be free from mutilating their own bodies to prove their acceptability and worthiness to God is something he fought hard for and sometimes stumbled around. Later, if we read the letters, we know that he wobbled a little and encouraged Timothy to, yes, be circumcised because sometimes you have to compromise. And we surely know that he struggled with slave or free, yes? That slave or free thing was so prevalent in his community, in his environment. And here he was struggling to bring a word that was so radical, he was regularly embattled by forces around him that at times, frankly, he lost his way too. For God gave him the knowledge of grace and gave him the gift of prophetic wisdom that has still resonated with us today. And Paul was a human being. And so it was that he proclaimed powerfully, there is neither slave nor free, and later writes a letter telling slaves to accept their lot, to be good Christian slaves by submitting to their masters, knowing that ultimately God is their master. Paul failed at times the revelation that was entrusted through him to the world. And surely we know this in terms of his words about male and female. He has other letters that reverse almost word for word what he is encouraging here in this letter to the Galatians, calling for the submission of the female to the, to the male, upholding the worthiness only of men to be called immediate heirs of God. Women, Paul writes, are to be subsumed under their 
prioritized worthiness. It is hard, people of God, for us to not only receive the grace of God, but to live it. It can be a complicated thing in our world to live the truths that we've been given to know. Minnie Bruce Pratt is there with her beloved Les Feinberg as he is speaking at the March on Washington, an incredible pioneer for our peoples and for our rights, her true love for so very long, and yet asked to acknowledge who her true love is. She cannot use the words of this world easily. Even with her friend, the gay man next to her at this march, she is stumbling, trying to articulate the truth that Paul lifted out. She was trying to say, who my beloved is cannot be named by gay or straight, by he or she, by man or woman. Who my beloved is, is so much more than these things can convey to you. It may sound complicated, but I will have to speak it this way. Yes, she is my husband. But the beauty in this moment is the grace that she knows and the grace that they live speaks very clearly to him. And he hears the language of the grace she speaks. And he, in turn, responds. He says, yes, he is perfect, and she is who I would want to be with. And yes, you should hold on to him. And yes, she is so lovely. Imperfect words speaking a perfect gracious truth. That the love that has been gifted to many Bruce and to Les is a love available to all of us to be shared in the complicated language which speaks an essential and enduringly simple reality. You, 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 me, you, you, us, every one of us is a child of God. And the words of this world cannot contain our worthiness. There is not one single requirement upon our bodies, our genitalia, the language we use to speak of who we are in our many faceted gender expressions that in any way holds us outside the realm of God's revelatory promise. Finally, people of God, my especially beloved lesbian, and gay, bisexual, trans, queer, questioning, allied, familyed, befriended, loved ones. We've received this grace anew. We, this people, 
our peoples have been blessed with this gracious understanding and we are to proclaim it to the world. As Minnie Bruce Pratt says, we were speaking something that was more than simply about gay rights. We speak something much greater than can be described with the words gay rights. We speak the complicated, beautiful embrace of all, which is the living grace of God for all God's children. Hallelujah. We found our ever-loving minds. Amen. Amen.